This is the Sea to Sky podcast with Alan, weaving through the issues in Sea to Sky country. Okay, the reason you are talking with us today is because you, like many people from all over the world, they've come to Whistler, you have a job, you cannot find a place to live. Yeah, exactly. And you've been looking, you've been here since when? Uh, I've been here for about three and a half weeks now. Okay, and this isn't your first trip to Whistler. You've, you've been here, you've done a ski season here before. I did, yeah. I did a season back in 2012-13. Okay, and what is your job? Where it's your, if you don't want to say it, it's fine. No, of course. Um, so I was a ski instructor back then, and again, come back this season, and I've got a job working club uh, for Whistler Blackcomb. And I'm also doing some uh, advertising and marketing freelance work on the side as well. So a bit of a diverse uh, sort of role, sort of situation. Yeah, and that is your background, advertising and marketing. It is, yes. Right. And you had, I, I assume you had a career going in the, in the United Kingdom. Yep. So I have previously set up a couple of my own businesses, as well as going to university and studying advertising, um, which is the things I've done in between my time since I was last here. Come over here because... I love the Canadian way of life, and uh, I wanted to sort of come back and enjoy everything which Canada had to offer. Right, like so many people, and we're happy to have you. The problem is, of course, you can't find a place to live like so many people. And were you, this being your second time here in Whistler, were you surprised? Yes, I was, actually. I was aware that there was a, a crisis um, happening in terms of the housing. Previously, when I came last time, there wasn't anything like um, what I've experienced when I've come here at the moment. So, Just how bad is it? You've been looking for how long? Uh, I've been looking, well, since before I came here. So I've probably been looking for about five weeks in total. Yeah. I've exhausted pretty much every single avenue I can possibly find. Even started running my own Facebook ad campaign to try and find me a room. Yeah. And when you say room, I mean... Your def- I imagine at this point your definition of what a room is is fairly fairly flexible. Very flexible, yeah. Yeah, and as I was saying, you know a lot of people, as I guess a lot of us do, that are in the same boat, looking for a place to live, that have jobs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and how many how many people, like just acquaintances or that you know of, just off the top of your head? Well, in fact, all of the people I know here, uh, bar two, are in the same situation as me. They all have jobs, but they, none of them have anywhere to live. Um, I know two or three friends from back in England who are also coming out to join me. And again, they're in exactly the same situation. They have jobs, but they don't have anywhere to live. Right. Now, I assume that your employers, if you can't find a place to live and you can't stay, and I imagine that you're pulling on all this, out all the stops and you, you do plan to make a go of it somehow. Absolutely. But if they can't find, if you, sorry, if you can't find a place to live and you do decide to leave, it's not like they can find a replacement employee because everyone's in the same boat. Exactly. Um, and, and, and from my perspective, I, I'm really struggling to see how many of the companies around here can actually sustain a, um, a large enough workforce to satisfy their customers. Right. Again, with someone, you know, obviously bright young fellow like yourself, you're, you've dealt with it. It's not your first time in Whistler. Are you surprised at how bad it's gotten? I mean, are you surprised that more hasn't been done to find employee housing? Yes, of course I am. I think now I'm desperately trying to find a room and I think the reality is I'm expecting to pay more uh, here for a room than I was paying originally when I was living in central London. Uh, and I mean, that is one of the largest metropolises, you know, uh, in Some the of the most so. expensive real estate in the world. Exactly, yeah. 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 By all means, Worcester is an incredible place. And sure, I wouldn't expect to be paying peanuts, but uh, at the same time, there's a stark contrast between that and, uh, and London. 
Yeah, there is. And the thing is, you're not a wealthy stockbroker or a lawyer no. or, or a highly paid professional. You're working a low-paid wage, and you're paying, like you say, you're paying rates that are comparable or actually more than central London. Yes, absolutely. And I guess it, it raises the question is, how sustainable is this? Because eventually, like you say, you, you have friends that want to come over here, and they're also looking for a place to live. And, of course, they have jobs, but they haven't found any place to live. Eventually, I guess the cost-benefit analysis becomes, well, we'd like to go to Whistler, great lifestyle, ski, it'd be fun, but it's just too damn expensive. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, for me, it will, like, while I want to be here this winter more than ever, I think it will be time-bound because realistically while I can tolerate the quality of life which I'm sort of compromising with a, a lower wage and a higher rent I think that's something which a lot of people are only willing to do for so long uh, before it then becomes um, too much or and you know, so on yeah and how much are you looking at paying if you don't mind telling us um, so I mean I'm looking at paying a minimum of a thousand dollars a month upwards to anywhere up to two thousand dollars a month um, and is a thousand dollars a month? Is that like a shared bedroom? Yes, generally. From right. What so I've that's found. not even your own bedroom. That's a shared bedroom yeah. for a thousand dollars a month. And two thousand dollars a month, I'm guessing that's you get you actually get a, a bedroom to yourself. Yes. Right. Not not an apartment. A bedroom. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And you've also in your search, you've you've encountered sort of the the panoply of various options that people have. I, I don't want to say stoop to, but. Have, have been forced into in terms of housing. Can you describe some of the situations that you've seen? Yeah, of course. I mean, I've, having stayed in some some hostels while I've been here and been talking to my friends, the situations are pretty desperate. Um, I know one guy was uh, willing to share a bed with two other people. Um, in an apartment. <laughs> we're talking about a bed now. We're talking yes, about we're sharing, talking about sharing a, bed. a bed. Yeah. yeah. There's also there's also been people asking if somebody wants to share their bed with them, and they're specifying whether they want male or female, and and so on. And and you know now we're not just getting to a point where we're sharing a room with several beds in. We're sharing beds within rooms which are also being shared. You know, so we've got two beds. And we've got four people in in the beds in one room. So yeah. It's it, a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you really want to be in Whistler, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you've got to, you've got to be very, very committed. <laughs> Coming from when you're over in the UK, uh, it's your second trip, so obviously you love it here. When you're over in the UK, what's the perception of Whistler? The perception of Whistler, it, it is one of the best ski resorts in the world, and it, it has that reputation which it well deserves. It's viewed as an incredible place, and, and it's an aspirational place which people... Um, aspire to come to, uh, I feel. When you're in the United Kingdom, I mean, it's you can fly to Switzerland for a couple of hundred bucks. Yeah. But yet you choose to come halfway around the world. Is it, I mean, obviously the skiing's great, but the skiing's also great in Zermatt. Is it partly because you want to travel and see more of the world? Yes, partly. For me, the, the way of life here in Canada is really nice. You, like, I find that Canadians in general have a much more uh, pro-life stance, uh, which is very refreshing coming from a much more pro-work work stance in, uh, in England. Yeah, and we have the same queen on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it feels a little bit like yeah, home. Yeah, it feels a bit like home, yeah. But, but nicer difference, you know. Yeah, and there are a lot of people coming from the United Kingdom this season. As I'm sure you're aware, we get a lot of Australians, and that's never going to change. Australians go all over the world. But uh, we do seem to be especially attracting people, attracting people from the United Kingdom this season. I don't, 
know what the reason for that is. Maybe you have some idea. Brexit, perhaps. Oh, is it really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad at the moment, but, uh, but yeah. So they're turning away from Europe and they're looking elsewhere. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that it really is a valid reason why yeah. people are coming here. Okay. Definitely. But again, so we're attracting all these talented young people. They want to come here. They, they, they recognize as a world-class resort. We're offering them less and less, it seems. Yes. So we're coming back to sort of my earlier question about the cost-benefit analysis. I wonder, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but are we becoming victims of our own success, do you think? Quite possibly, yes. Yeah. I think as the resort has become more popular, certainly in the five years I've been gone, obviously as a result of supply and demand, that's sort of altered to a point where it's, it's not currently sustainable in the, in the way it is at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think one thing which I have noticed was in my um, endless search for a place, uh, I've not only been on all sort of forms online, but I've also been going around in person, knocking on people's doors and, and asking whether they might have a room, which I, I found quite an invasive and I didn't feel good about doing, but it was something which I was really driven to do. Yeah. And one thing I did find is that a lot of the houses I found were empty. Right. You know, as I'm sure people do live there, but not lived in on a, on a permanent basis. And, yeah. and that was really sad and, and quite tough to see, um, considering how desperate and how committed I am to staying here and, and building a life here. Yeah. And that's something that was brought... I don't think you were here... You weren't here in October. But that was something that was brought up by a few people that we do have neighborhoods full of huge houses that, yes, they sit empty. And I guess, yes, certainly people with a lot of money, they're entitled to buy a cabin or build a cabin for five, ten million dollars. And if they only use it for a week of the year or two weeks of the year, yeah, that's their prerogative. But yeah, I can I can understand your frustration seeing entire neighborhoods filled with empty large houses when so many people are desperate for uh, just a bed. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing which I found as well, it's a little bit demoralizing, is if you go on Airbnb, I think there's over 350 properties available in Whistler. And certainly when I was here last time, Airbnb wasn't really a thing at all. No, yeah. no one used Airbnb. And I think obviously there is a large proportion where renters are having a, a better experience renting out their property to Airbnb simply because they get a more managed and, and they're more certain about how their property will be used and arguably they may even make more money. Yeah, definitely all of the above, yeah. Yeah, but I think it's, it is one of those things where, sure, Airbnb is a fantastic platform and it is great. You know, I've used it all the time, but at the same time, surely there must be some, some sort of rules or regulation in limiting the amount of Airbnbs which are available in Worcester because I think that would definitely help solve a sort of a more permanent residence sort of, ba- sort of uh, housing issue. Well, the, the municipality, the resort municipality of Whistler is cracking down on Airbnbs, so in answer to that question. But there are still legal Airbnbs, and of course, the, yeah, that's that's definitely taken some, some units off the market. And even when you crack down on it, I wonder, you know, there's always going to be people that are going to say, well, to hell with it, I'll take, I'll take a risk because it's just, I'll make more money and it's, like you say, it's easier. But back to you, you on your Facebook group, you were saying, what was, I don't, again, you tell us to find a place to live. What are some of the things you're willing to do to, uh, to make yourself as a renter more attractive? So, I mean, obviously having a, a background in marketing and advertising, I have picked up a certain set of skills um, in, in my sort of profession and in my education, um, which has certainly helped me along the way. Uh, it hasn't necessarily secured me a permanent place just yet, but... Obviously, most people, the first port of call is to 
um, go on these Worcester housing crisis groups and uh, the there's various groups on Facebook forums uh, look on Craigslist and peak classifieds uh, and there's all these sort of things which people think okay that's that's where I'm going to find the property I think for me like I started with that I thought right that's the first step and that's what everybody else is doing but then I thought okay well what's the next step there's got to be two or three more steps above that and Sure, they're probably going to be a lot harder to carry out or do, but it's something which I'm going to have to do if I'm not finding something in that first step. So for me, I was willing to go door knocking. I was willing to go around and knock on people's doors, which, granted, I felt quite invasive about doing, and I felt a little bit rude, and I didn't really want to do it. It wasn't something which I enjoyed at all, but it was something which I felt was a necessity in order to find me a place. Once I'd sort of tried that and it hadn't worked out, I thought, well, okay, I'll start a Facebook ad campaign. So I've started a Facebook ad campaign now and I'm paying sort of upwards of $15 a day to put myself out there on Facebook and seeing if I can appeal to anybody. As well as obviously sort of looking at what renters want to see from a, from a good tenant and you know I fundamentally believe that I am a, a decent honest person who will be a great tenant for anybody who'd wish to to house me but obviously you need to make sure that I, I correlate that and actually um, explain and show people that I am who I am sort of thing. Right and you were also I believe offering child minding services as well. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, I, I, I'm a ski instructor by trade and, and I love kids, they're great. So, I mean, I've got good skills which I've built up uh, in that area. And I also think I offered some marketing and uh, branding consultancy as well. And, you know, these are all things which I'm willing to, to give in order to separate me from everybody else looking for a house. Not just paying rent, you're actually bringing services to the table in an effort to find a secure living situation. Yes, yes, I am. (laughs) Well, good for you. And are you hoping that having, like you say, just pretty much having exhausted almost every avenue, you're hoping that maybe there's somebody out there that will listen to this or see your Facebook uh, ad campaign and just say, well, we weren't really going to rent out this bedroom, but he seems like a nice guy. Why not? Is that is that what you're hoping for? I would love that. Uh, I really would. If anybody is out there and and would like to to give me a room, I would be eternally grateful. Yeah. Uh, And I'll just say, in case anyone like that is listening, he's a very clean-cut gentleman here, very well-spoken, as you can hear. So we don't think he's secretly an axe murderer. He certainly, if he is, he's certainly hiding it well. But no, I, I, I have no, uh, no doubts that he is what he says he is. Wow, thank um, you. <laughs> but, <laughs> I uh, appreciate it. Well, I, I, I alluded that you might be an axe murderer, so I, I don't know. Maybe, you, anyways. No, I can uh, assure you, I'm not. <laughs> getting back to the lifestyle here, even if you do find a place, considering how much money that you can hope to earn, what sort of lifestyle can you even have, really? That is a very real question, which I think I've been asking myself over the last sort of week or so, couple of weeks, uh, when I realised just how much I would be having to pay for rent and realistically how much I'm able to wear. And I'm sort of thinking, okay, what sort of lifestyle can I have? You know, I think it's very easy to think, oh, well, you know, I'll just carry on my normal lifestyle I expect. But when you're paying double, triple the time sort of, of the amount of rent which you'd expect to pay, that obviously completely changes the way you're able to, sort of, to live your life. And you have one job, plus you're freelancing on your advertising and marketing skills, plus you're looking for another job. I mean, when are you going to ski? Or snowboard? <laughs> snowboard or a skier? I'm a, I'm a skier, yeah. Okay, when are you going to ski? Well, hopefully in between my freelance work. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, that's the beauty with doing something freelance, I think, because obviously I can get up and I can have my own schedule, so I could do 
full four four hours work in the yeah. first thing in the morning and go skiing through the afternoon and then carry on in the evening you know and that's the beauty of uh, of working freelance and I think that I perhaps wouldn't be able to do this situation if I didn't have that that sort of job opportunity and, and that freelance work do you have a ski pass for the year I will be getting one with my job oh okay so so you're you're, you're optimistic you're you're, you're pretty optimistic. committed yeah, you're yeah, not yeah, yeah. you're not pulling out yet no I have you know because sadly I have heard I have heard people you know I sit in the cafes and I'm writing and I do I do hear some of these people and you hear the accents they're from the UK they're from Australia and they've you know, they've kind of had enough. They've been looking for a month, and, you know, it's sad that that becomes their Whistler experience, that they just couldn't make it work. Yeah, absolutely, and and when I think to going back to my experience I had the first time I came, it was probably the best experience of my life. It was absolutely incredible. And while I, I fully expect to have a great experience again, I am aware that it has already been not quite what I expected. Yeah, and when you were here in 2012, was it for the year or for just for the ski season? Uh, it was just for the ski season. Okay. So I was here for six months. Okay. And this time you're just planning on staying for the ski season, or you think if it works out, you might stay longer? So I'm aiming to stay longer. I have a, a two-year visa, and I'm considering applying for residency, depending on what happens with job opportunities and, and how everything pans out. And how hard was it for you to get your temporary work visa? It wasn't too hard. It was relatively easy. Yeah. Um, last time when I applied, applied for work visa previously, that was quite hard. Um, that took around six months to get however this time uh, it was a much shorter period right so hard-working young fellow wants to become a Canadian hopefully there's someone out there that will take pity on this gentleman and and give him a bed please yes <laughs> so he can ski if you've got kids I I was joking before he's definitely not an axe murderer. you can probably look after your kids as well I don't think there's too many tenants that would be willing to throw that into the mix so yeah. anyways pot thanks so much for sitting down with us and telling your telling us your tale of well we hope that it has a happy ending I don't know any parting advice that you might want to give to our newly elected mayor and council about employee housing is there any any last thoughts more of it <laughs> <laughs> i think whistler is the most incredible place and i absolutely love it here it's you know it is one of the best places in the world by far um but i think for more we can get people here and having the great experience which i've experienced for better for whistler Great. Okay, thanks again, Bob. No worries. This is the Sea to Sky podcast. If you have a comment or story ideas, please check out our website at seataskypodcast.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Sea to Sky Podcast. Thank you for clicking us on.